to die That he might give Eternal life That I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment. But first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Now, look what he says here. This is also called sometimes the crown of glory, a crown of glory that God will give to those who are humble. This is also the humility crown. In other words, because you submitted yourself to the will of God, God wants to honor you because of that. It means that you have a will, and God has a will, and you will submit your will to his will and humble yourself, and that means you don't go through life fighting God, trying trying to twist God's arm. (laughs) Or when God closes the door, you don't get a sledgehammer and try to break it down. Because if God wants you to go through a door, he can open the door. And if God closes the door, he says he can close the door and nobody can open it. So there's opportunities that God can give to us that nobody else can give to us. But opportunities are on wheels. And only a person who is prepared can take advantage of an opportunity. Because opportunities is rolling your way and they're going to keep on it rolling. We used to sing that song. Years and years ago I heard a song. Standing on the corner watching all the... Who? Who said that? Who knew that song? Oh, now we're finding out. Watching all the girls go by. I'm glad I didn't know that song. But what if you stand on the corner and watch the world go by? It will. It'll just go by. And only those who are prepared can take advantage of those girls. I mean, the world that goes by. Sometimes I get my tongue in front of my eye teeth and can't see what I'm saying. Stay out of this. All right, take your Bible and turn to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians and chapter 4. It's important that you know that there is such a thing as these rewards. Remember, salvation, free. Christ paid our way. Now, what I have when I get to heaven depends upon what I do for the Lord. So some Christians are going to just waste their life. And they don't think, well, no big deal. Who cares? As long as they got their little pinkies inside the pearly gates, that's all that matters. No, there's a lot more. There's a lot more than just going to heaven. It's having God that created the heavens and the earth. Knowing what you went through on planet earth and you did it for him. And God says, I want to honor you. I want to praise you in front of everybody. I want to give you glory that you, it'll blow you away. But because we can't see And we have nothing in this world to compare it with. We're just going to have to trust the Lord that it'll be worth it. Remember that song, It Will Be Worth It All? 
We sing it, but do you really believe it will be worth it all? It'll be worth it all. Now, here in 2 Corinthians in chapter 4, you'll notice there's a, a couple of verses here. Look in verse 17. I referred to it just a moment ago, but I'd like to refresh your minds every once in a while. This is so important. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment. These people that are having surgeries, yours truly having surgeries, and a lot of other people had surgeries. If you just look at a man's life, even if it's 70, 80, 90, 100, it's only a light moment. It's just for a little small period of time. Because when you compare 100 years in the light of eternity, what is it? It's nothing. And yet in this little moment of time that we have to live, we can waste it or invest it. But if you invest it into this world, yes, you can get some money on this and on that and stocks and blah, 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 and have a lot of wealth. And when you die, you leave all. Or you can lay up treasure in heaven. And therefore, the things that you go through, the sacrifices that you make will all be worth it when you get to heaven. If you can believe God and trust him and be patient and wait, it will be worth it. So you see there in verse 17, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us. In other words, these opportunities, these afflictions are opportunities for you. They work for you. But if you don't understand that, you curse the problems that you have. Said, I just wish I didn't have all these problems. Why? The only place you can be without problems is heaven. Are you ready to go? If you want to stay here, well, you're going to have to suffer while you're here. Because that's just the, uh, the nature of this game. We live in a sinful body, and that's going to give you problems. And you got a, you got a wife, that's going to give you problems. You got a husband, that's going to give you problems. You got kids, that's going to be problems. Grandkids, they're going to be problems. Job, that's problems. Money, that's going to be problems. No money, that could be a problem. Good health, bad health, everything can be a problem. I can be a problem to you. You can be a problem to me. There's no end to these problems. And God knows every problem. And he says, now, these things work for your advantage. If you know how to take advantage of every problem that you have, you can move on to some bigger problems. Isn't that wonderful? Greater opportunities. And God wants to bless you. Now, look what he says. In the last part of verse 17, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of what? Glory. Eternal weight of glory. In other words, it never ends. What you invest now will profit you for eternity. You just haven't seen what it is yet. I don't know all what it is. I don't really care what it is. But if God says that this is going to blow your mind, I believe it's going to blow my mind. It can't be compared. You can't even, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Yea, the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So we have some knowledge that it's going to happen, and God says when it's going to happen is when he appears. That's why the Bible says we will disappear here, and appear there. We're going to disappear here and appear there. Because he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So we're going to be gone and appear when he appears for us. 
Now, look in verse 18. While we look, while we look not at the things which are seen. Now, notice this. In verse 16, it says, for which cause we faint not. We, that's the believers. That means we don't quit just because it gets hard. It gets difficult. It gets rough. You say, well, you just don't know what I've been through. Okay, let's just take a quick look. Look there in verse 8. And this is the Apostle Paul, and this is what he had to say about his Christian life. You want to find a good definition of what the Christian life is really all about. (laughs) Here it is. We are troubled on every side. But don't you want to really live the Christian life? This is the trouble on every side. But he didn't quit. We faint not means we didn't quit. But we had this, but we didn't quit. And we are perplexed, but we didn't quit. And verse 9, persecuted, but we didn't quit. And cast down, but we didn't quit. And he says, reason, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. In other words, as we went through all these troubles, we always kept in mind what Christ went through for us. And we looked into eternity and saw that it is worth it. And this light affliction that we're going through, of the persecutions that they had. He says in verse 11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake. For the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our, you ought to underline these two words, mortal flesh. See, that word is also referred back to verse 7 when it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Remember this morning I was talking about these uh, jars. (laughs) We're jars of mud. We're just jars. But we got a great message inside of this body, this treasure of knowing the truth, knowing the gospel. And so, therefore, God has to get the credit and not us. And so he says here, as you go down through here and you read all of this, there's a reason why they didn't quit. Now look in chapter 4, look in verse 1. And verse 1 says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, as we have received mercy because of what God did for us, we faint not, we don't quit. We keep serving the Lord because we know that This life is temporary. Everybody's got problems. And some people want to build and lead their whole life is nothing but trying to help people solve their problems without getting them to the Lord. People are always going to have problems. And sometimes you don't help anybody by solving their problems without talking to them about the Lord on where you're going to go when you die. If I have to counsel somebody and they got all kinds of problems, first thing I want to know is, do you know where you're going when you die? You say, that has nothing to do with their problem. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. They're always going to have problems. But they may not talk to anybody that wants to talk about their real problem. The real problem is, do you know for certain you have eternal life? Do you know where you're going when you die? And if I can get a person to trust Christ as Savior, then God becomes their father. and They become God's child. Now, who can help them better with their problems? Me or God? Now they got God. And they got the Holy Spirit living within them. They've got the best counselor in all the world living inside of them. They may come to see me once, maybe twice, three times. But I can't walk through life holding their hand. But Jesus can. And I'll help more people 
solve their problems by telling them about the problem solver. I don't want people worshiping Yankee. I want them to worship God. This is the one. You've got to get them to the Lord. And that's why people have problems. Yes, get them to the Lord. And it'll be a wonder. Now look at this. But this is what you've got to look at. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are what? Are eternal. So therefore, you're trying to help people look further than this life. And if you understand the purpose of everything, then you'll know how to use everything. And you can, yes, have problems, but you'll know how to use it because it can work for you. Everything that goes so-called wrong in your life is an opportunity to learn something that can make you stronger. Because now you can help more people with their problems. You can give them greater judgment, wisdom, discernment. And it is a way of doing it. That's why in chapter 5 here, it starts right off, the very first verse. We know that in this tabernacle, this body that we live in, look what it says. We know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, I wonder what that means. Huh? We think dissolved means? Die! See, there, it's not hard to understand the Bible, is it? We know that this house that we live in, if it dies, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Where is it? Eternal in the heavens. We've got one. For in this body, we groan, how do we ever, earnestly desire. Now listen, let me tell you this, and this is true. I've been taking pain pills for about a year and a half. Every day I've got to take them. Do you think I enjoy that? I have suffered for so long. And I don't have a guarantee that whatever they do is going to really work. I don't know if it will or not. I have not been able to turn my head. I have to turn my whole body. Some of y'all have noticed it. Some of y'all don't even know that I'm up here. But the thing is, in this body, it's getting... When I first came here, oh, I was young and spry, had a forehead of hair. I didn't? Oh, I didn't. Well, I showed you a picture that I had... All right, so we're getting older, and the body is slowly deteriorating. We're getting more problems. And so he says, in this body you groan, desiring to be clothed with that house I'm going to get from heaven. Wouldn't it be neat if I could just bring in this new body right now? I'd like to keep my head, though, and put it on this new body. And then it's like Superman. Wouldn't it be great? But when we die, we're going to get a, a body that will last forever. See, none of us in this room have a body that's going to last forever. And that's why you have to be careful, you know, how you treat this body because it doesn't last long. You're just trying to get a little few extra years. Isn't all that medicine that we take, we're just trying to buy a little extra time? That's all we're doing is because, you know, eventually you're going to run out. Get this. In verse 3, if so, being that you be closed, we shall not be found naked. In other words, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be floating around like a haint. You say, what's a haint? Uh, that's a spirit without a body. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I've never met one before. But I want to I get me a body. For in this, look in verse 4. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon that mortality. That's our mortal body is subject to death. Might be swallowed up of life. That's the rapture. You see, I don't want to die. I want the Lord 
to change me in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, boom, I'm caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Wouldn't that be the best way to go? But we may not get our wish. Now, somebody, somebody, somewhere along the line is going to be alive when the rapture takes place. Hank Linsom thought he was going to make it. Didn't he? I'm thinking the same thing. Aren't you? Now, we know some of us probably might not make it. The Lord may come back 10 years from now, 20 years from now. He could wait 100 years from now. I don't see how, but I have somebody tell me, says, you've been preaching that for 50 years. I'm 50 years closer. <laughs> so I don't know when. Now get what he says here. Look at verse 6. Therefore, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. Now, as long as I'm here in this body, I'm not with the Lord in heaven. But I do have a desire to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. So the day I leave this body, I am immediately in the presence of God. I am not in the grave. I'm not in my body. Wouldn't it be a shame to be laying there in the grave and that body and all of a sudden, here come the worms. Yum, 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 yum. Leave me alone. Man, I'm glad I'm not in that body. And like I said, if I'm ever going to be cremated, make sure I'm not there. Wouldn't that be terrible? I'm hoping my daughter's listening to me and my wife. But anyways, we're moving right along here. So he says in verse 6, Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the body. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith. We are looking beyond this life. And it's, while we're in this body, we're limited. We don't remember everything And the older I get, the less I remember. And you can't do all the things you used to do. And you get more pains as you go through life. I can't wait to get to heaven. Well, I can wait a little longer. But I want the Lord to come back. But I know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And as he says here in verse 9, wherefore we labor... We labor. Well, because life is short. The body is going to die. You can't plan too far out in the future. Well, let's see. I've got a schedule out here. Uh, you ought to see what I'm doing when I'm uh, 125 years old. I've got this planned. And then when I get 150, I'm going to do this and this and this. And this. Am I playing games when I try to plan out that far? You think so? Well, because you know, they ain't going to live that long. I might, but I probably won't. Odds are against it. So while I'm living, life is short. And I need to take advantage of whatever opportunities I have while I can. And so that's why we live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Can you see that? If you're supposed to see into eternity, what kind of vision do you have? See, a lot of people live their life but have no vision. And without a vision, the person perishes. You've got to see beyond this life into eternity. Now, look what he says here. In that uh, verse 9, he says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. And this is not for salvation. This is because of the rewards that God's going to give you. You see there in verse 10, For we, this is all the believers, 
We're already going to heaven. We must all appear. So that means we're all going to be there. All the believers are going to be standing at the judgment seat of Christ, which is a rewarding stand. And your works are going to be tried to what sort it is. It's not about sins. It's about your works. And God says there's hay, wood, and stubble, or gold, silver, and precious stones. So there is no foundation that can be laid than Jesus Christ. So once you trust Christ as Savior, you are on the foundation. Then he says, take heed how every man buildeth thereupon. So as you go through life, you're getting either gold, silver, and precious stones and building, or you're building with hay, wood, and stubble. And when you get to heaven, everything's going to be looked at through the fiery eyes of judgment of God himself. That's why it's called the day of Christ. It's when Christ, at the judgment seat of Christ, is going to look at everything that we've done. And then he says, and judge nothing before the time, because Jesus, who knows the motives of the heart, the intent of the heart, and he says, everything's going to be manifest, and then shall every man have praise of God. So that day is coming. That day is right ahead of us. Now, nobody can make you serve God. But if this doesn't cause you to want to serve God, I don't guess anything will. Because if you don't serve God according to truth, then are you really serving God? You can do what we do because, you know, somebody might recognize us and pat us on the back. Boy, you're doing a great job. Well, nobody appreciates me. I quit. Well, is that who you did it for? You say, I don't have to quit if people don't appreciate me. I quit when I don't think I'm doing the job that God wants me to do. And see, I want to please him, and you should want to please him. And if you please him and I please him, we ought to please each other. Because God can work through every one of us. So I want to stir up your remembrance. Not always in something new, but sometimes in things you've already heard a thousand times. But you let them slip. And you get to where it's not that important anymore. And so this is why he says in verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone, and you go all the way back to everyone shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. And every man will have to give an account of himself to God. And we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body. Since you have been saved in this body, since you trust the Lord, God is going to bring those days up. And you are going to be rewarded for what you did for him. If what I'm saying isn't true, then you'll have to take all these verses and try to figure out what does it mean then. But I do believe that I'm telling you the truth of what these verses said. So in verse 11, he says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, you see those three words? We persuade what? Men. That's so winning. Because the time is short. You just finished in chapter 4 talking about the lost people being blinded, talking about the gospel in these earthen vessels. Why did God put this gospel in these earthen vessels? That's the treasure that you have Till the body dies. When the body dies, you don't have any more of these opportunities like you have now. So there's got to be a, you know, continuity that runs through all of these scriptures that ties them all together. And what should be my greatest motive on why I should do all of this? Well, look in verse 14. See there in verse 14 of chapter 5, where it starts talking about the, the love of God. For the love of God constraineth us or motivates us. And he says here, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. So God says from now on, we should live for the one who died for us. Isn't that what it said? Or maybe I just made it up. 
No, you read it in your Bible, didn't you? I didn't write it in your Bible. God must have wrote it there. And it is for us, and it's important for us. So one of the great verses we have is we are ministers of the Lord. We are ambassadors for the Lord, mentioned down in verse 18 and verse 19. But what is the message that we're supposed to take? Well, it says so. He says right here in verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ that be you reconciled to God. And that goes to the verse 19 that talks about to wit. We're here in this world, limited in this body that's got the greatest treasure in all the world. And he says that Christ was in, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Another way it says it in the book of Romans in chapter 4 is that God says, not imputing their sins unto them. In other words, people sin and God doesn't put that sin to their account. It's the same thing that's mentioned here. You see, I'm saved, but God isn't imputing those sins to my account. So I got to pay for those sins in hell. The penalty for my sin has been paid once and for all. So when you go to chapter 5 and verse 21, there's a little verse here that's really good. And it says, for he, God, hath made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be what? Sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So here I am. I'm a sinner, and I got sin. God loves me, hates my sin. To pay for sin is death in hell. God loves me and doesn't want me to have to pay for my sins away since death. He wants me to go to heaven, but go to heaven, I got to be perfect, and I'm not. So God says, you cannot earn eternal life. You cannot work your way to heaven. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But he took all the sins of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back from the dead. Said if we believe he did it for us, he'd put that payment to our account. We get to go to heaven on what Christ did for us. That's the best news in all the world. For God hath made him, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. Now, if God gave me his righteousness, that would make me as righteous as God. I go to heaven on his righteousness, not mine. So am I going to heaven? Yes, I am. Why? Because I'm righteous. God gave me his. He gave me his perfection. If he gave me his perfection, that would make me as perfect as God in his sight. And he paid for all of my sins. That's grace. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. Can't work for it. But after you have believed that wonderful message... Now you got a choice to love the praise of man more than the praise of God. Uh, that's an individual choice that you can make. I've made up my mind, and I don't think I'm going to have any regrets. I just wish I'd have given him more. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here tonight and never have trusted Christ as your Savior, or if you're watching by Internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. Our friend, I pray that you will. Just believe that when Christ died, he died for you. And if you'll trust him as your Savior, he'll give you eternal life. So you can know that you're going to heaven because you know you have eternal life. And you know that your sins are paid. And you don't have to pay for them because Christ did it for you. He loves you that much. If you're in the auditorium and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you trust the Lord right now? I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. But right where you're sitting, say, preacher, that made sense to me. And tonight, I will trust Christ as my only hope of going to heaven. Would you just let me know by an uplifted hand? Just slip it up very quickly, put it right back down. 
If you've never trusted Christ, trust him right now. If you've already trusted Christ as your Savior, remember, this is a decision every individual has to make. Do you want the praise of God or do you want the praise of man? You can have it. It'll be the way you desire it. As Christ said over and over again, be it unto you according to your faith. And that's the way it'll be. Father, thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for this time together. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making Him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, He is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.